if Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. Blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. When you start to really focus on the sensation of that pain and let it like fully just like take over your whole body, it becomes quite orgasmic and pleasurable at a certain point. Like there's this line between pleasure and pain where you realize it's on the same spectrum. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grammar Show. Coming at you this week with Beck Milonis. Coming on the show to chat about, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. This is one of those kind of very broad. We, it was a fun chat because we also like, it touches close to home with a couple of people we know. And it's just like, uh, it was a good one. We found yeah, I really groove. enjoyed it. I, I found, I felt like it flew by, like it was ending before we even realized that it started. Oh yeah. It went by quick. It was like, bam. Yeah. Oh, 10 minutes or whatever it was had gone by super quick, which is usually means a good chat. It means you're engaged, having a time. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So what do you been up to? How's things going over in Grand America? Oh, I don't know. It's pretty weird. You know, weird pretty week. Weird. Weird, weird week. Weird. I don't Monday. really want to get into it really. You know, weird 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 weekend, weekend, maybe like last few days or whatever. Oh, you know what? A lot of people I know, older people, I'm not going to mention any names here. There's no, they're just, there's a lot of sickness. Sickness. Yeah. And not, you know, I'm not talking about jabs or anything like that. Both, both like all the above, like everything, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, struggling. Oh yeah. So I'm just seeing it a lot right now in, in, uh, just the personal life, you know? Wow. Crazy. Here's the season. As That's say. true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went hunting on my Saturday. Saturday? I saw a beautiful Saturday. picture of the sunset with uh, an emotional um, couple females there after a kill, it looked like. Yeah, that was the kids. Did I pick up on the emotions okay? Or? Well, <laughs> n- not really. Lola kind of. But uh, I think Cassandra was trying to poke its eye out at that. Oh, okay. She might be playing with a tie. So, oh my god. But, so, what did uh, you what did you get? Antelope. Tell me about it. Antelope. Antelope. Yeah. Antelope and down out by Brooks. We had to go out by Brooks to the. I wanted to go out for dinner at Jesse's place, hometown barbecue, bakery in Brooks. We went there and had a feed after hunting all day. Nice. So, got uh, some antelope and. Got that all cleaned and ground, mixed with some of the pork that I got from Sanford. And, uh, and I think I got like 80 pounds of ground uh, ground meat ready to go. With all my sausage. Nice. So I'm all set till summer. Well, tell me about the hunt, though. How did it go? Like, did, was well, it I was just, just truck hunting. Just what? drive around all day till you find the herd. Get and then what? Then shoot them. Well, not from the truck. I mean... No, that would be illegal. Even for you? 
Yeah, that falls under firearms. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't shoot a firearm from a vehicle. But you could shoot a crossbow, though. You could do it with a crossbow. No, I don't think you can. I don't think you can even shoot a bow and arrow from a vehicle. Oh. It'd be hard. I think this is precedented by did, people like chasing down deer like, in the pi- pickup yeah. truck and trying to shoot them out of the back and stuff. Unless you're disabled, then you can do it. Yeah, if you had enough money or enough land, you can kind of do whatever you want, really. So, so what? But how do you? How do they not run away by the time you stop the truck and get out and get all your stuff and like? How do? How oh, does that antelope are pretty easy to harvest. <laughs> you know, there's a reason the Indians have been living off them for a long time. They're kind of like buffalo, like that. They're pretty easy to harvest, especially with the advent of firearms. Not easy to harvest with a bow and arrow or a spear, I wouldn't say. Because they're never going to let you get super close well, to super them. Super fast, right? Yeah, they're super fast, but they haven't quite evolved to figure out that I can fucking drop them at 200 yards yet. So they'll just kind of sit there and start to wander off. And... So you got two? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, right I, I clipped one and then I thought I shot the same one. And then we were leaving, and I could see one was limping. So I took two shots on the first one, yeah. and I shot the wrong one. So oh, it was, I shot that. That other one, when we were leaving, we seen it limping. So. so you went back and got it? So I went back and shot it as well. So wow. I was stacked up. I'll bring you some sausage. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am at capacity for meat over here, and... I, it's good when you get it into the ground into the sausage because then it's like in its most edible form. You know, you can really like plow through it. A bunch of different yeah. kinds of sausage. You can eat that shit a few nights a week, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. Right on. The weather's still beautiful. I mean, this global warming is great. It wasn't so great. I mean, don't forget. Don't forget global we... cooling. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say it was abnormally cold at the beginning and now it's abnormally warm in the middle to end of January. Definitely for January. January and February are usually the worst months. Yeah. I feel like by the end of February, you're pretty much past it going below like minus 20, you know? Yeah. Still snowing shit, but you're not going to get that fucking cold as fuck shit. Supposed to get cold next week, but it still doesn't even look bad. It looks like, you know, just. Manageable winter. Yep. But normally I wouldn't be hunting around now, but you know, the it's been so warm that might as well get out there. Yep. Yep. I was all out of antelope. That's my most popular meat around here because we mm. grind it all and it goes into everything. Right. Spaghetti and tacos and burgers. And... So I've been so, doing that where you've been hanging out with sick old people. Yeah, and well, I've been, you know, working, too. Your hair's getting yeah. curly. It looks all dewy when it gets curly like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't say those words. No um, words. It's, uh, I'm just letting it grow out now. I just feel like, I, yeah, yeah. You're going to have a mullet? I, I don't I don't know. What? Uh, don't say I dewy? I can't get a mullet. They just go back. My hair just gets into a big, you know, like an afro kind of thing, right? It gets all curly. What was your genetics? No, so I can't go down. Uh, mainly from... Uh, England and stuff. There's no Jew yeah, the, in there. The UK. No, I don't think there's any of that. No, there's some a little bit of Norse, a little bit of Viking. I got yeah. that in there. Was it the Eastern Eastern Europe? I like think one percent, five percent. 
Was it five? Yeah. You have that up on your wall? <laughs> well, anyway. We better not say anything about the Jews. No, we don't. I know we don't upset. talk about anything. Like Vikings even are, you know, nothing, nothing. We can't Vikings, talk about anything. Can't talk I mean, about we got Vikings. another YouTube student. I went and updated the YouTube, some of the we YouTube able to post stuff. Today? And uh, I don't know. I mean, we just, but as soon as we lose a strike, we get another one. They just keep us in perpetual strike mode. So basically, I think what happens is you lose two weeks of uploading stuff, right? Not that we're focusing on YouTube, but we still use it as a repository in a way, right? Of all our years of videos and audio that goes automatically there from the podcast. Do we so, only have one active strike though? So did that just come off? Are we allowed to upload now then? Because I was going to put that like that highlight one from Randall Carlson talking about uh, Bendall's breakthrough technology and the cars running on water and all that. And then as soon as I was going to, I made that little clip, um, we got that strike. So then we couldn't post for two weeks. So I don't know. They're just going back and finding weird stuff, to be honest with you. It's a bit, it's getting super annoying. So I put, I put our stuff on rock where you we're putting our stuff on Rockfin again, not like the traditional streaming video or any video. It's just audio on Rockfin. So if people, you know, want to, if they're going on Rockfin anyways, to see all those other people, then they can just find our stuff there. And I'm also doing the same on rumble. So we're going to put our audio on rumble as well so that, if people are on those platforms, they can listen to us on there as well. Again, not video, but at least audio. I mean, THC has his stuff on Rumble, and it does pretty good there. So, um, so I've been working on that, um, getting getting uh, accounts and getting things going on those two platforms. And then we can automatically, I think, send YouTube over to Rumble at some point. Um, and then there's a bunch of other smaller ones that I might look at it too, that we might not get directly sent there just to get, I mean, we have to just do what we can to get it out as uh, everywhere we can really these days. I mean, it's getting, it's getting pretty ridiculous. Yeah. We're down to one strike that expires on April 10th, April 10th, but, but yeah, but it, so our strike was on January 10th. So we should be able to post again on the, either the 24th or, or the 25th. Yeah. So okay. it says review content here. But it says it's only one strike. Maybe you can upload now. You could try. No, no, I, I tried. I looked at it when we got the strike and it said two weeks. So So I can hit begin review to review the content that got me dinged. Okay. But, yeah. But then it's just like I think it'll just be the whole episode. I don't know. It just perpetually loads. Okay. It says what to look for in your review. YouTube doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the World Health Organization. Isn't the consensus quickly changing? I... <laughs> Oh, here it I is. mean, it, it can't be consensus. I mean, it, this is the whole thing is wrong to begin with. But I mean, we shouldn't even do this. We shouldn't even get into this. So the problem is, it's just a whole. We have to like, learn to self-censor. Is that what this is going on? Is that what we have to worry about now? It just gives you the whole episode. So once you this, yeah, we'll listen just, to the whole just, thing and see where you fucking did wrong speech. Yeah, I just, I'm so, it's getting super fucking frustrating. I mean, mind you, we've we've decided to stay on there, so I mean, we can't really bitch. We knew this was going to happen, but it's just it's just frustrating when the thing, you know, when it's pretty clear 
that YouTube's been wrong this whole time too. I mean, but do we have to put a disclaimer on that we're not giving any advice? Like, I mean, Viva Fry and all these people put their generic disclaimers upon everything. No legal advice, no medical advice, blah, blah, blah. Like, really? Do we have to do that? And that'll that'll help, or are they just gonna get us anyways? I just I hate self-censoring, to be honest. I try not to. That's I know, and then we're getting in trouble. So well, Anyways. you got us in trouble too, big guy. So that's what I mean. That's why you're, why you're so sensitive about Jewy. Yeah, exactly. Jewbaka. Sweets. Anyway, what do you got? Well, I got some feedback from last episode. Might as well stay a little aggro here. Aggro? So we had a great chat with uh, Dr. Joseph Antoine. Um, oh, Antoine. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. About the fasting. So here, I, I got to read some feedback. Dr. Joseph Antoon, y'all just gave a salesman free advertising. Want to talk about fasting and its health effects? Have a guest on who says something like, people eat too much and need to fast. Joseph's message was basically, you need to fast, but it, that isn't easy or covered in chocolate, so buy this food. I've come to expect more from y'all. Don't be corporate shills just because the core principle is interesting. Still a contributing listener. Name withheld. Well, thanks, withheld. Uh, thanks for your support. Obviously, we love that you're still a contributing listener. But I mean, I've got I've got a different opinion on that. I mean, I I think Here's this thing, is I ain't fucking fasting unless I can eat some food along <laughs> the way. This is just it. This is I mean, I don't give a fuck about the I understand there's some health benefits. And all that, but uh, it's just not going to happen. I feel pretty good. I mean, if I had a good reason to, I probably would. If I had, you know, God forbid, some sort of ailment striked me and then struck me. Well, and this isn't just about people that eat too much need to fast. I mean, it's about healing from diabetes and cancer and these things, right? I mean, if there's a scientific way to do it with real food and not a bunch of meds with side effects, you know, and not just telling somebody that's got, they're getting their toes chopped off tomorrow that, Hey, just stop eating for five days. And that should do the trick. I mean, you think people just can be able to stop eating like that? I mean, it took, it took a long time for me to build up the courage and the strength to actually go a few days without food. I mean, you know, most people can't fucking just do that. Courage. Courage. Fuck. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Like psychologically, spiritually. I agree with all that. I'm just not sure that courage is over. But at the same time, I admire your ability well, I had to, to do it because personally, I can't do it. But I don't eating. think like you know, not eating is like not courageous. It's just like it's good discipline. It's very discipline. I know it was very hard. It was tough. So that's I mean, I just don't think that I can. I can't. Uh, I I don't have access to at this time. I just don't think it's it's. I think this would be a good intermediary step for people. Just fast, start fasting, and then eat these five meals or whatever, and that's fine. I mean, nobody else is doing this work, and it seems very scientifically sound from what he's doing. They've done studies on diabetes and cancer, so I don't know. I just think it's it's fine that we did that. I, I'm happy that we did the episode. And, I can't uh, even not smoke weed uh, for five days. So why can't he? He should have sent us some samplers, so. Yeah, you well, I'm gonna try. Up. I'm gonna I'm hit gonna him up for it. some freebies. No, don't hit him up for some freebies first. Don't we want to try it for the show? See, no, I mean, then that would be then would be the corporate seller. 
Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, usually I'm buying, I usually buy books from our guests, even like I don't even get the fucking free books most of the time. Sometimes we do. I mean, we get lots of books from some publishers and stuff, but time. yeah, inner tradition sends us some. Show but up. I mean, a lot of times, like tomorrow's guest, I bought the book online because the audio is not ready yet. So I just buy the ebook. You have a Kindle? Yeah. With the paperweight? No, no, no. I just use it on, on my laptop. A third of the it's trick a, for the paperweight is to the turn the brightness Kindle. all the way down. And then it's kind of like a book. I could never <laughs> figure it out. I was like, how the fuck is this anything like a book? And then I was playing with the other day and I turned the brightness down to like 10%. And I was like, oh, now this is somewhat like a book. You need the light on, obviously, if you want to. Because if you shut the light off, you can't see so shit. You have, you have black words on white background then? Yes, correct. You have it somewhere different? Oh, yeah, everybody's got this like dark mode now, right? I mean, I do enjoy dark mode for a lot of things, but not for reading. I got made fun of because Discord was still for me in light mode. No, somebody else, I think. Well, yeah, all I guess that dark mode's pretty popular. And I just, I guess, I'm a lot easier a, on the eyes, I find, isn't it? I'm just a Gen Xer. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it is being on Discord. I heard the fringe got nuked. Well, this is another censorship thing. Yeah, I get a message in Discord from Discord that I'm participating in, like, wrong you know, thing. channels that are, you know, wrong think. I mean, it. this is just getting, it's getting, it's getting weird. I guess it's just feeling weird because it keeps, it's getting worse, it seems. Even though the information is out there now, everything seems to be clearer than it was before in a lot of ways. And yet we're still pushing through this censorship. I mean, it's obviously, there's obviously an agenda there. I don't think they would have got away with half this crap. Um, if they hadn't got their handle on this big tech censorship after, you know, 2016, 2017, you know, I really think they set it up pretty wisely. They got us used to cancel culture and now everybody's just being censored and nobody seems to really give a fuck. Are you, did you ever make a Twitter account? No. How's Twitter going? Well, I mean, my one of the guys I follow, YouTube The Quartering, Jeremy, he got censored. Uh, he got canceled. He got deleted. Oh, I don't know. What, what's the word? Um, he got uh, suspended, I guess, maybe, because he posted a, a picture of somebody, a, 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 a screenshot of a video of somebody that's claiming it's, like, not supposed to be posted because it's not... Permanent public, but it permanent. is public. I don't. Um, I I don't know. It depends on if he deletes it or not. So, anyways, there's still issues with Twitter. Definitely, I'll delete some shit. But there's also a lot of like Scott Adams was, you know, breaking the internet on Twitter this coming up and saying that uh, the anti jabbers are, you know, they've won and all this stuff. And so, I mean, did that he admit he was wrong? Well, I mean, there was a highly edited video a couple minutes of him, and I was suspect because I'm like, why is this so tightly edited? Like, he's mm -hmm. his are usually just long, like an hour long with no edits, right? So then are people taking those little clips out of context when he said, but I mean, his Twitter seemed to make it pretty clear. Like, so that could have been more of a compilation than an edit. But, but I did hear Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak say that. It was, um, you know, you got to read the whole thing. It's not quite what it seems. So I don't know. Guess the time we got a strike for YouTube. 3.33. Yeah. You knew that already? Yeah. You mentioned it. Did I? Yeah. Really? 
Yeah, unless that was the other strike that we got before. And those are they always coming at three thirty three? This one was crazy. January tenth, twenty twenty three. Can you see the one before PM. that? Can you see the one before that? <laughs> that would be. I can see the one before that. No, okay. No, because the one before that expired January twelfth, so that must have been from October sometime. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this is the problem is I want people to know too. We're not just pushing the limits every time we do an episode and waiting to see what happens. We're not trying to do this. They're going back to old episodes and just finding weird shit from a long time ago. That you one know. was from before there was a COVID vaccine. Yeah. So, I mean, are you what? Yeah. 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 I'm telling you. I closed it all down now, but it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's. It was the episode with Joe Roop, like 483 or something. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, uh, I and it, and it is, int- it would be interesting to know when they're really going to look at their, when they're going to update their, their misinformation policy. It's so weird. It's such a weird time. So I've got, I've got an interesting kind of like. March kind 2021. Of a, when did the, va- that was like right around when the vaccine was rolling out. Oh no, that was way after. That was it was it was December fourteenth, twenty twenty when it came out. So when the vaccine first came out, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, like it was in twenty twenty. It was in the winter in December twenty twenty. Because I couldn't get it here until the summer of twenty twenty. Well, that that yeah, but that was remember it was for the vulnerable Went people the and the older people and oh my god, <laughs> see we shouldn't even be talking about this. We've never gotten trouble for that. It's always well, we're the talking same about thing. the why are we talking about the vaccine rollout? I mean, that shouldn't be. We should just say the jab. The jab. Okay, I've got. Do you want? Do you want to take from nineteen seventeen about world. it? Save the world. Do you want to take about nineteen seventeen? Save the world with his vaccine. Yeah, he's not letting go of it. Now, it's going to be his downfall. Hmm. It's his downfall. It's like I think none of fell. his well, base doesn't. His base doesn't. Not going to go for that. Well, in my opinion. You want to hear what somebody said about this in 1917? In 1917? This is kind of like my quote, Operation Project. Uh, it's kind of a, in some ways, it's very fitting for this Beck Mylonis episode because we do talk about dark entities and galactic energies and and uh, light and dark and all that stuff and how we tell the difference. So this is kind of, it's kind of appropriate on many levels. It's a profound quote of- This is kind of like another, this is sort of an, I'm reading an article with, with quotes within it. And it's, um, it's a controversial figure, of course, but I'm going to try and leave the name out. So you can guess it if you want. Okay. But basically in 1917, he foresaw a vaccine that would, oh, see, I want to say jab the whole time. So I'm going to just try and re, just edit that part out. In 1917. Alexander Wilder. He, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be good? If we had that book out, I would do that. I would do a quote from that book. In 1917, he foresaw a vaccine that would drive a, drive all inclination towards spirituality out of people's souls. 
This is an article in the Waking Times by Dylan Charles. If you felt at all like you're in a spiritual war right now, you're not alone. Many of the world's greatest scholars, philosophers, and aesthetics understood the world to be a multidimensional and co-inhabited by non-physical beings, both good and evil, always at war with us and each other. It's not something that can be rightly explained with language or science. One must cultivate such sensitivity that the existence of spiritual beings can be directly experienced. Beck Milonis, directly initiated. Rudolf, oh. he was an Australian. He was an Austrian philosopher, educator, and spiritualist. And over the course of his life, he published numerous books and papers on the science of spirituality. He viewed the human body as a spiritual vessel open to occupation by other entities. To be conscious of these forces was to have the power to reject their negative influence. To remain unconscious of them was to be a leaf in their wind. And spiritual cultivation was the key to developing conscious awareness of them. The spirits are, here's a quote from him. The spirits of darkness are now among us. We have to be on guard so that we may realize what is happening when we encounter them and gain a real idea of where they are to be found. The most dangerous thing you can do in the immediate future will be to give yourself up unconsciously to the influences which are definitely present. This really reminds me of, of, of our chat with Beck, actually. This is very appropriate. Is it my turn to guess? Uh, you can, but there's more. It's not long, oh, but wait. there's more. There's more. All right, go ahead. Um, if people express the natural human inclination towards spiritual growth, they free themselves from fear and anxiety and effectively develop a sort of immunity to the influences of negative activity and negative entities. If not, our vibration attracts hostile spirits and we fall unconsciously unto their influence. So here's another quote. There are beings in the spiritual realms for whom anxiety and fear emanating from human beings offer welcome food. When humans have no anxiety and fear, these creatures starve. If fear and anxiety radiates from people and they break out in panic, then these creatures find welcome nutrition and they become more and more powerful. These beings are hostile towards humanity. Everything that feeds on negative feelings, on anxiety, fear, and superstition, despair, or doubt, are in reality hostile forces in supersensible worlds, launching cruel attacks on human beings while they are being fed. Therefore, it is above all necessary to begin with that, that the person who enters the spiritual world overcomes fear, the feelings of helplessness, despair, and anxiety. But these are exactly the feelings that belong to contemporary culture and materialism because it estranges people from the spiritual world. It is especially suited to evoke hopelessness and fear of the unknown in people, thereby calling up the above-mentioned hostile forces against them. So. That's the, that's the end of the another quote. With such profound global fear, anxiety, and panic over the present pandemic, many are exposing their own spiritual sicknesses and acquiescing to any recommended behavior or intervention that might alleviate these symptoms. Along with this is the push to jab 7 billion healthy people. Um, nearly 100 years ago, in a series of 14 essays, published under the title The Fall of the Spirits of Darkness, he issued a warning to future generations about a possible measure of mass control, quite similar to the visions presented by Orwell and Huxley. He foresaw a future when jabs could steal our spiritual nature. First, some background. It's almost over. 
In these 14 lectures given at the end of 1917, following four years of war in Europe, he speaks on the complex spiritual forces behind the world war, humanity's attempts to build theoretically perfect social orders, and the many divisions and disruptions that would continue on earth until our time. Humanity in general was asleep to the fact that fallen spirits cast from the spiritual worlds had become immensely, sorry, intensely active on earth. This manifested mainly in human thinking and perception of the surrounding world. So then he continues, not as a quote, but the author of the article, the fall into such destructive slumber would be marked by an age of materialism and centralization of power during which the influences of spirits of darkness would inspire humans to devise new technologies and new means of oppression. He comments, and it's almost done. I've told you that the spirits of darkness are going to inspire their humans hosts. This is, this is where it gets creepy. This is in whom they will be dwelling to find a jab that will drive all inclination towards spirituality out of people's souls when they are still very young. And this will happen in a roundabout way through the living body. Today, bodies are jabbed against one thing and another. In future, children will be jabbed with a substance which it will certainly be possible to produce, and this will make them immune so that they do not develop foolish inclinations connected with spiritual life. Foolish here, of course, in the eyes of materialists. A way will finally be found to jab bodies so that these bodies will not allow the inclination towards spiritual ideas to develop in all their lives. And all their lives, people will believe only in the physical world they perceive with the senses. Out of impulses, which the medical profession gained from presumption, oh, I beg your pardon, from the consumption, tuberculosis, they suffered themselves, they themselves suffered. People are now jabbed against consumption. And in the same way, they will be jabbed against any inclination towards spirituality. This is merely to give you a particularly striking example of many things which will come in the near and more distant future in this field. The aim being to bring confusion into the impulses which want to stream down to earth after the victory of the Michaelic spirits of light. That was in 1879. He was talking only about jabs here. His comment does not consider the compounded effects on human spirituality of the many myriad influences we have in our world today, all of which work against spiritual connection on their own right. Again, if you felt at all like you're in a spiritual war, you're not alone. Um, and that was from January 2021. My turn to guess now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rudolf Steiner? Yeah. Bingo, bango. You nice. spoiled it. I kind of spoiled it, yeah. And that was from Dylan Charles, the editor of uh, of that Free Speech and Alternative Media News. He's got There's a podcast, I think, too, called... Uh, I just slipped right by it. You said Rudolph. Yeah, but the article was written by um, the other guy. Well, I mean, that's how he spoiled it. Yeah, I know. As Battered as Souls, s- a podcast about transformation. As soon as you said Rudolph, I mean. I know, I said Root, and then. Yeah. How many Rudolphs can there be? I know, not a lot. Support- I, was reading a, I was reading something from Manly P. Hall today about, about the uh, material, about science. He's like, what was the, the title of it? It was pretty interesting. Will science... Um, what was it called? Let me just check here. Does science add to our ignorance? <laughs> and it was like, it, 
And it's pretty cool the way he writes this. It's almost like in a kind of a sarcastic way, but he's like, science is all objective outside in the world of forms, the not self, but sometimes science will find man having found the universe by analogy will discover man. But he's saying he will never be able to fill the emptiness in the life of an individual. Science can discover many things, but never fill that emptiness. They can never give him knowledge of self, which is essential to peace and happiness. It fears the speculative mind, which seeks to define the invisible. It fears the philosopher who is always in the advance of science. It's pretty interesting. Just like he's saying, like they can't, they just can't, you know, they can't figure this stuff out because they can only measure what's visible. You reading that for Outlaw? Yep. GrammericaOutlaw.ca, guys, if you want to get some more Grammarica content, listen to our other shows, a bunch of free episodes over there. Of course, there's stuff he's talking about. There's some plus content for plus supporters. Aside from that, I mean, maybe you guys don't want to listen to Outlaw. You just want to hang out here and listen to this show. This show here is Value for Value Show. So we're hoping you like it and you dig it. And if you do find it valuable in some way, maybe it's entertaining or maybe it helps you through some shit or it gets you through your work day or your commute workout. What's worth to you? A buck, two bucks, ten bucks? You decide. GrammarCA.ca slash support. Head over there today. Sign up for a monthly make one-time donation. Please don't take our show for granted. It's more than important than ever to support the show. It really is. If it wasn't for the stuff like audiobooks and stuff like that right now, we'd be in some real dire straits. So, America.ca slash support. If you like the show and you want to stick around, please consider today. Signing up for monthly, making a one-time donation, doing something. Let us know you're out there and you're listening and you appreciate the Grand America show. What else you got, motherfucker? I got Beck's bio here. You want Beck's bio? All right, let's have it. Is that it? Is that uh, it? Yeah, that's good. Let's get the fuck out of so, here. So, yeah, Beck is your guide through the shadow realms. Beck is a priestess, energetic alchemist, psychic channel, new earth leader, mystic, creatrix, speaker, and writer who is passionate about helping people navigate their awakening and initiation process in order to step into and embody their fullest, highest, most aligned vision of soul version of soul self. There you go. There you have it, folks. Back Before you do that, enjoy the chat with Back Mylonis. Welcome to Grimerica, Beck Mylonis. How are you doing? I am amazing. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I was reading, reading a book today that uh, made me think of your work. Um, 
you know, uh, channeling and the invisible realms and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward Amazing. to talking about uh, about all your work. And yeah, it's nice to meet you. Are you are you are you coming to us from across the world right now? Yeah, I'm in Australia. I actually live in Bali. So I've been living in Bali for four years, but I'm, as you can tell by my really cute accent, I'm Australian. And I've been here visiting my folks and spending some time. It's been really nice. So yeah, that's where I am at the moment. Have you been able to travel fully for your work then? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have I've done some things. I've I've sought myself out so I can do all of that. And um, it's important for me to be able to travel and do what I do. So, you know, all things aside, I've been doing pretty good and been able to do that pretty freely. So I've been very lucky to do that. That's good. Well, why don't we start with a little bit of a, a little bit of back, a background then? Not too long because we got lots of stuff to talk about. But yeah. Just to give some context and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how I got into what I'm doing and, and how I yeah, got here, I mean, that, yeah. yeah, especially kind of how you how you um, I mean, I, I'm always interested in kind of like the uh, the genesis part of how somebody yeah. jumps, jumps into all this stuff, because yeah. it's, you know, there's there's a spiritual reality there. And we're still living in this weird schizophrenic world where we're mm -hmm. still kind of run by materialism. But there seems to be so many people embracing a, a, a greater spiritual reality. But. And there seems to be a unique story that comes with that a lot of times, you know, sometimes yeah. it's not, sometimes, sometimes it's a gradual process, but either way, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been on this path, kind of like on the spiritual awakening path for at least 10, maybe yeah, 10 years at least. So I'm 30, I'm pretty young, um, <laughs> but I kind of received my wake up call very early and, and much of my twenties was this like call inside of me of you need, you're here to do something. You need to stop fucking around. You've got this purpose get it together, woman. Like we've got this shit to do. Right. And so there was this fulfilled, this burning desire for this fulfillment that I had in my, in my earlier years, um, which took me on this whole trajectory of all of these different paths and things that weren't my purpose. Um, and there was this crippling depression that I had for most of my twenties and earlier, earlier than that through school and stuff of this sense of being really disconnected from something that I was here to do and feeling like if I didn't change something in my life, I was going to kill myself. So I was diagnosed with bipolar at like 16 and they wanted to put me on medication for that. And I have a history of mental illness in my family and all of this stuff. And even at 16, I was like, I am not fucking taking medication for this. Like I refuse to take medication. I refuse for you to tell me I'm unwell, but I knew that there was something within me that was kind of arising and, and needed to be worked through. So enter kind of my 20s, <laughs> all these random forays into different things that I went through and, and my healing process. And it was through my own healing process that I, I learned to start opening to these emotions and all these things that I'd been suppressing for so long. Um, and when I opened the door to my own healing process, I was shown kind of, there's this thing in our Western society where we don't have this framework around initiation, right? In, in Eastern cultures and in indigenous cultures, there is a framework for someone who is being initiated into some sort of spiritual mastery, whether that's like they're the shaman or the medicine woman or whatever that is. There is no fucking framework in Western culture for this, right? And when someone's going through a spiritual awakening or a kundalini um, rising, which is what I went through, a spontaneous kundalini awakening, which I can explain what that is. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term probably, but yeah. um, maybe, yeah. maybe some of your listeners aren't. Um, Kundalini is life force energy, right? And it's it's kind of it's coiled as like a snake at the base of our our um, our root chakra, and that energy is life force. So it desires to move through the body, through the chakra systems from the base to the crown, um, where Shakti, which is the feminine creative energy, meets Shiva, which is consciousness. 
then you are enlightened, right? Like that's the <laughs> that's kind of the the purpose of it, right? So but now, is this yeah. the one that you got popped with a didgeridoo, Graham? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think it was. Yeah. I mean, I had an experience back where I was in a, a vision quest with sound and breathing and breath work, and this guy literally like popped my root chakra with. You keep saying. You keep saying literally. Well, because it was it was a feeling that I never understood mm-hmm. was was uh, was yeah. was uh, available. Right? Was possible. Yeah, and it, it, it ended up flowing. It, it they ended up opening all of them, and it flowed through like vibrations, mm-hmm. and everything opened up, and it flowed right through. So that's what I now come to learn as was my Kundalini awakening. But yeah. I didn't really think of it like I don't think I thought of it quite as that at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, so mine spontaneously awoke, right? Like there was no reason for it to awaken. It just spontaneously awoke. And what happens in that process is it can be very terrifying. Like you get physical sensations, like you described. Sometimes it feels like I'm being fucked by spirit. Like literally it feels like there's this spirit energy just like penetrating me, right? My whole body's having these convulsions, strange things started happening. So this kind of, I was on my healing journey for about 10 years when this spontaneously awoke in me. And what happened (laughs) was I was in Bali trying to make it as a life coach. And I kept meeting these people, shamans, healers. And they kept saying to me, you're this healer, you're this mystic, you're this shaman, you have these gifts. And I kept being like, no, 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 I'm just a life coach. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about, right? It's not me. And I remember it was a full year of like denying it and denying it and denying it being like, no, I'm going to make, make money as a life coach first. And then I'll deal with this other purpose that I apparently have. And spirit, God, (laughs) my higher self, whatever had different kind of, had a different purpose for me. And so there was this one day where I was like, okay, enough is enough. If I am this healer, this shaman, this mystic, this, whatever that people keep saying, fucking show me. And I was like, smite me, God. Right. I was like, had a bit of sass. And I was like, this is a thing. Show me. And literally spontaneously my Kundalini activated. And it was like months of breathing on the floor, having these crazy wild experiences, sober, might I add, like not on anything, didn't take anything. Um, I was off meds by that point. So I was completely sober, having these wild experiences, thrashing, speaking of the languages, remembering all of my past lives. So it was this process of like, literally, I went to bed this normal human. And when my Kundalini spontaneously awoke, I went through this spiritual emergency. Um, And in that process, I was being taken to and shown all of these lifetimes that I'd have as a, as a priestess, a shaman, a healer, um, and all of the trauma and the pain that I was carrying from those lifetimes of I literally showed up to share my gifts with the world and I was burnt at the stake. I was raped. I was murdered. I was all of these traumatic things that I was carrying. So it was in processing all of this grief and all of this trauma um, that I remembered who I was, right? Because I believe past lives are the timelines of us across other dimensions and realities they are all happening in the infinite now because we perceive time to be non-linear, but actually in the quantum, it's all stacked up onto each other. So if you want to activate your gifts or connect to past lifetimes, what you're doing is actually bringing those skills or gifts or knowledge or wisdom into this moment to access them. So that's what I did, which is why suddenly I could move energy and suddenly I could remember everyone's past lifetimes and do readings and all this crazy shit just so like, and it was like, I woke up just this super psychic person <laughs> when I was just this ordinary muggle, um, which was terrifying for me because it was like, whoa, am I going insane? Like what's happening? Um, and in indigenous cultures, when someone's going through this process, the shaman or the leader of their tribe is like, okay, this person's not crazy. They're not going through psychosis. They're seeing things that aren't there. So they must be sensitive. They must have these gifts or these capacities. And we're going to take them away from the tribe 
and nourish them and teach them and, you know, bring them up in ceremony and in vision quests and whatever it is. And we're going to nurture them where in our society, it's like, this person's fucking crazy. Let's put them on medication. Let's take them to the loony bin. Let's, you know. And so a lot of the start of my journey was like dealing with this fear of like, I'm going to be institutionalized. Like if I start telling people I'm channeling aliens, I'm speaking other languages. I'm remembering being this priestess, whatever it is. People are literally going to be like, you're, you're, you're a psycho. You need to go take medication, right? Um, and the further I go along this journey, the more I realize that line between psychosis and um, like being psychic is very, very thin. Like the line between <laughs> being hugely enlightened and being crazy is very thin and it can get very blurred and it's very hard to know. Like, am I just yeah, fucking but, nuts? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, well, that's the big question. I mean, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about as far as initiation mm-hmm. goes. And, and yeah. you know, you mentioned you're it's, it really it like felt like you were being penetrated by spirit. I mean, yeah. what if you were like, how do you, yeah. how do we trust that, that the energy or the spirit that we're, that we're making mm-hmm. contact with or that we're channeling is, is positive, is, is legit, is positive. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then sort of building upon that, um, the initiation from masters, like you mentioned the indigenous cultures, but there's mm-hmm. also, you know, the, the brotherhood of adepts and these people that can traverse invisible realms. Like, did you yeah. ever think like, they've kind of warned us against playing around with the spiritual. Yeah. Story, right? And so do so, I. Yeah. So do you, do you ever, did you ever consider, and I've never asked any guests this mm-hmm. and we've had, we've had channelers and, and all kinds of spiritual episodes, but well, did you ever think about going to a like a secret brotherhood to really learn how to traverse those realms? Yeah, yeah, channel? yeah. So it's my belief, and I don't it mean was brotherhood and male. But yeah, yeah. Just... Sexist. <laughs> yeah. Um, firstly, like I think it's really fucking harmful, and so I'm I'm warn- I'm not warning people, but I think people need to understand that this is like pure life force that you're fucking with, and it can literally fry your circuits and send you to a mental institution. So, like, if you were trying to awaken your kundalini without help, without guidance. Like I am the 1% of people who this happened spontaneously. And I was very clearly directed of like, you do not, do not seek any mentorship. You are being initiated directly by spirit. So when those shamans back in the day were talking to plants and all of that stuff, they didn't have a shaman um, telling them what to do. The plants were telling them, right? Spirit was directly initiating them. So there's going to be the 1% of people who are directly initiated by spirit. And it was very clear for me of like, you're here to help people through this. So therefore you need to go through this initiation on your own first before you find people. And then eventually I started calling in mentors, but I've actually had an experience um, in the past couple of years where I enlisted the help of a mentor or someone who was working in the, in the galactic realms and channeling light beings and all of this stuff where there was some really fucked up shit going on under the surface of that. And they were basically siphoning and draining our energy and putting all sorts of quantum technologies into our fields to siphon us and to limit us and draining our life force to fuel their grids and various things like that, which I think we need to talk about that later. But um, it's really important to be discerning who you're going to when you are going through this, who you're putting your trust in to awaken this energy, because there's been a lot of gurus in the past. um, And we've seen this a lot who take people who are in this vulnerable state and they prey on these people, right? They prey on them. They're vulnerable. They're going through something and they're saying, I have all the wisdom and the knowledge and it's my way. And you need to look up to me and pray to me. And I'm your guru, right? And I have the knowledge and I'm going to give it to you. And from my experience, (laughs) what I believe I'm here to teach people is we all have that wisdom. We all have that knowledge. And it's how can you 
clear yourself um, from all your shit, all your limitations, all your beliefs, all your traumas. So you are a direct connection to source. And my whole message and what I teach is like, I don't have anything within me that you guys don't have access to. No one is more special than anyone. We all can be this fucking tuned in and psychic and have access to source directly. Um, And so when we give our power away to other people to activate things in us or to show us the way or guide us or whatever, we're essentially giving away our sovereignty um, and we're giving away that internal compass of like our own soul guiding us. So my soul guided me through this process. It was fucking terrifying, but it had to be that way for me. Looking back, do I think it would have been easier if I had a mentor or someone guiding me? Yeah, of course it would have been, but that's not what my soul chose. Like I, I chose something this way to learn the lessons I did. Going back to what you said about like, <laughs> did I how did I know that it was pure? I didn't at the time, honestly, it was really difficult for me to have this framework of like, is this a demon? Like, am I being possessed? There've been many, many moments on my journey where it's felt like a full body possession. Um, and I do clear entities and I have dealt with demons. Like I've literally done exorcisms and stuff like that. Um, and I would say like in, in being able to discern the difference, anything which is demonic in nature or it's negative, um, you can, like the, the the frequency of it is different. It is very different. Something Heavy, that is heavier. It just you. It doesn't feel like love, right? Like that's the only thing that I can say. Um, when it's something that is pure, the messages are always positive. They never go kill yourself. They never. Um, you know, sometimes what happens in a kundalini awakening or a rising or initiation, you get kind of like psychosis or visions of grandeur of like, I am the savior. I am God. Right. Cause this is what happens to our little ego with all of this power. It's like, Oh my God, I must be, I must be God. <laughs> right. Well, it's hey, it's um, happened to a couple of people we know. Honestly. Yeah. They're oh yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. They're, Multiple they're people. This, mm. Like people that were like close to friends of ours. Like, yeah. Well, and it can, it can happen. Acquaintances at, at a minimum, <laughs> but yeah. And they, like, they very quickly go to like, you know, thinking they're a god which is you know i'm starting to wonder if it's a natural progression look it's a it's a phase that you go through i definitely have my moments when it was all awakening of like i am untouchable i am this being of light and spirit fucking smacked me down like literally i got my ass handed to me because every time i'm like i know everything i am this ascended master i get my ass handed to me because i'm reminded that like that spiritual ego right if you want to be a leader and you want to pave the way to the new earth you need to have humility and be fucking humble. And my biggest, I would say the thing that I am really, I don't even want to say I'm proud of myself because I'm trying to be humble saying this, but like I have humility to understand I know fucking nothing, right? The more I understand and know, the more I realize I know nothing. And it's like, you know, this much and you're like, wow, I know so much. And then you have this awakening and now you know this much. It's like, wow, I know so much. But then you realize like it's fucking infinite. So the minute where like, I know everything, great cool, you're right, but you can't ascend and evolve past that, right? And so the thing that keeps bringing me back is like, for me, it's love, right? And it's this feeling in my soul of like, I'm here to be this vessel of love. That's number one. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about how many fucking followers and likes I get. And I've learned that lesson so many times, had my ass kicked every time I try and make it about me or how much money I make or how special I am, all this like trying to be validated by it. I get my ass handed to me till I come back to this purpose of realizing it's about love and connection. And it's about 
helping other people to be sovereign, right? So lifting people up instead of putting yourself on this pedestal and being like, I'm better than you. It's like, no, here's my hand. Let me take you. That's my style. Like in these containers that I do with people, I take their hand and I'm like, let's go to the fucking depths together. Let's go to the darkest, most painful place for you in the shadow realm and whatever it is. Let's liberate you and pull you up. And I'm going to take you with me. And that to me is what true leadership is about. It's like, we're all guiding each other home, we're walking each other home, as Ramdas says, which I love that. Um, and anyone who thinks that they're better than anyone else has missed the point because it's about humanity. And really, like, <laughs> there's so many people on this journey thinking that ascension and awakening is how much more evolved and enlightened can I get and, and activating all my spiritual gifts and becoming this master. But they're not grounded and anchored in their heart, right? And there's only so much we can progress and evolve on our journey. And the reason why my gifts are so fucking powerful and I can do what I do is because I'm always coming from my heart and I'm always being brought back to my heart. And there's literally levels of mastery that you cannot attain if you are not heart-centered. It's, um, I think it's the law of one they describe. I don't know if you guys read that book, the law of one. Yeah, a little bit. I've read, yeah. the, I've read the, the Coles notes version of it and yeah. a couple of people on about it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, basically you can go down the service of self path or the service to, service to others, service to humanity. And there's literally only so far you can ascend on the service to self path. Like there becomes a point where <laughs> you can't activate any more stuff because you realize, oh fuck, I actually have to um, merge into oneness at some point, And therefore like you just can't ascend anymore. So there are, um, okay, cool. This is where they're taking me. There are beings who are super like ascended like this. They have access to all these quantum technologies. I'm talking about like alien or galactic races, shadow governments, all of this stuff. They exist. They're here, right? And they're playing in realms that most humans can't understand. And so what happens is when people fall down, they take the red pill, pill, whatever, they start becoming aware of all of this stuff and they get really trapped in this. Oh my God, these beings have all this thing and they're doing all of this to us and they get angry and they, whatever, right? Like they're trying to, um, dismantle the narrative right by by bringing awareness to it and these beings that are in these races that have learned how to for instance siphon our energy they've learned to program our grids which i really feel like i want to talk about on this episode but like programming the ley lines under the earth with certain information that keeps us locked into slavery and keeps us in the rat race and all of this stuff they have all this wisdom and this advanced technology and knowledge right it, they have it but because they haven't been able to ascend further past their own desire to serve self or, you know, to attain power or whatever that is, they've reached a point where literally our earth is ascending um, and the frequency of Gaia and our earth is ascending past this point now, right? And so we're moving into 4, 4D and 5D and these systems are now collapsing because literally they have to evolve, like they have to evolve. So even these beings are having opportunities to repent, not repent. Cause I like, I don't believe in there's judgment, right? I don't believe that, but I believe that everyone has an opportunity to ascend through love and every soul has a desire to ascend through love. And that's just a process, right? So even people who use these gifts to um, put themselves on a pedestal and all of this stuff, that's going to crumble. Like truly it's going to crumble because it can't not like the frequencies that are that are here right now are illuminating anything that's not coming from love and anything that's not fucking coming from love is going to crumble. So we're going to see all this stuff coming out into the light. Um, we're going to see all these narratives being disrupted and they need to crumble, right? They need to. Um, I hope I kind of like went on a tangent. I hope no, that makes no. sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Darren, do you got, do you have anything to add to that or? No, well, I mean, it does give me some hope for those people we know that they might come back down to earth in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Do you eat food still? 
<laughs> do I have food still? I mean, just... I would love, to, <laughs> I would love to think that I don't know because actually my journey is about being really fucking human, right? So that's the that's the these people think my journey is about ascension, and there's a lot of these evolved people who like have all these spiritual gifts and stuff, and they just want to evolve and ascend past their body, and they're like, oh, but it's so pure, and the frequency is so amazing on the planet from whence I came. But like, dude, you're human. You literally chose to fucking incarnate as a human. And so your experience is actually about humanity. So for me, it's really tempting because I can close my eyes and I'm in a fucking trance somewhere else where there isn't pain and suffering to go there all the time and have these blissful states where I'm lying in my bed getting fucked by spirit and having these kundalini experiences and pure bliss and joy and whatever, playing with the fairies or whatever. But actually what I've learned is I'm here to be as human as fucking possible, which means owning my shit all the time. Like owning when I fuck up, being messy, eating food, having sex, like human stuff that like once we ascend past this physical body, we can't do that shit. These galactic beings, they can't have sex. Like they can have some really other cool melty orgasmic like oneness stuff. That's great. That's cool. Good for them. They can't have food. They can't have ice cream. They can't pat a puppy. Like this is all stuff that we've come here in this human experience to enjoy. Right. And so people who think, oh, I'm going to ascend past my body and I don't need food and I'm going to go breathitarian or, or all this stuff. They're missing the fucking point because you're here to be human. Right. Like that's good. I like that. I yeah. like that. That's, that's so yes, I ate long story yeah. short <laughs> to answer your question. I, I like that. I also like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody articulate bringing talents and skills from all the past lives into this moment. Yeah. I really like the way you talked about that, that it kind of, that's almost like the mechanics behind your Kundalini awakening in a way. Like what if that is like tapping into all those concurrent lifetimes and bringing all those skills forward? Yeah, not, absolutely. Not even forward, like just to the moment. Yeah. And that's what, like, so I spoke about, you know, these energetic grids under the earth and that energy that's pulsing through the earth that these beings can manipulate and all of this stuff. Our Kundalini, it's like the macrocosm and the microcosm, right? So our earth has the same structure, the crystalline structure as our bodies. And we're designed this way. So we literally have been seated here and designed. We've been genetically modified to have this life force within us that we can wake up, which is in our DNA, right? And so through the Kundalini awakening in our own bodies, then we can re like recognize and witness and understand that the earth has its own Kundalini and we can start to cultivate that life force from the earth to um, fuel kind of our creations, right? And this is cosmic energy. So this is like, not only are we connecting to our own creations, to the earth, like the earth's energy in flow with the one, but we're also then able to, open like portals and stargates to other planets and dimensions and galactic energies and all sorts of really cool stuff can happen when you realize it's the same, it's the same, um, the same thing that's technology, flowing through everything. In a way. Yeah. It's yes. Spiritual it's technology. technology. Literally. That's what they're trying to, that's what all the fucking pyramids are about. Like that's what all of these pyramids are placed on specific grid points in the earth where there are these portals of energy, right? So for instance, Bali is on the snake lines of the feminine and the masculine crossing, and that's a purification portal. So that's a really, really powerful portal where you can go to purify karma, right? Like you can purify karmic debt or trauma or whatever that is, purify energy. Um, in Peru, there's a similar one. Then there's a different chakras. So for instance, in Uluru, I think it's a solar plexus chakra. In Mount Shasta, I think it's the root, the heart is somewhere in England. These are our ancient forefathers or like the indigenous people, whatever they are, they knew this stuff, right? Because they were told this stuff by the people who seeded us here. And they were taught how to set up these structures that amplified this energy, right? So we could use it to create 
for instance, free energy like they had in Atlantis or to, um, you know, by locate themselves and all sorts of really cool magical shit that the Kundalini enables you to do. They were literally taught this stuff. And that's why you see all these big megalithic structures that harness this energy um, because it's life force, it's source energy, right? And it runs through all of us as well. So it's like the external is is the representation of the internal of our own chakra system. And so once you start to tap into your own Kundalini, then you can start to see that it's it's flowing through everything all the time, um, which makes really cool stuff possible, like quantum travel and interdimensional travel and um, like connecting to other versions of you and, and other timelines and bringing those gifts here and now. You look like you're going to say something, so I'm going to let you no, say No, no, no. I just wanted to – you're going to – you're mentioning grid work. Like, yeah. so how does grid work fit into that then? Like, do mm-hmm. you actually like fix yeah. the grid along the way yes. or just learn how to use it? Like, yeah, yeah. So I – well – it's various things. So there are people who use these, um, these grids or whatever, like these points in the earth, and they've learned how to harness them to create or to, um, heal or whatever that is like with frequency and sound and whatever, like you can use them. Or there's someone like me who I get called to certain parts of the earth, like spirit says, Hey, we've got to go here. And what I do is I, I, I put myself in the place where I've been called to be essentially and my body acts like a acupuncture point like you know how there's meridians and when you're doing acupuncture the body has this meridian system and if you press a certain point then energy releases i go there and i go to certain parts of the grid which have been damaged or they've been infiltrated so there's been some dark entity entities or whatever um blocking that energy or pumping fear into the grid or for instance like slave codes like there's been a bunch of codes like information placed into the grids of the earth um, underneath our grids pumping into us. Um, It's a codex for being a way of being, which is like a conditioning, right? And so we're conditioned into these slave grids of like perfectionism and judgment and um, needing to be right. And like achieving, succeeding, all of these things that keep us in this loop of always just being really good slaves, really good workers, right? Like we're working for the system. Um, and so this information is in our grids and under the earth, right? And it's pumped like energetically through us. So I'm called to go to certain parts of the earth to either release trauma. So where there's been any sort of trauma in the earth where it's holding this information and like literally the earth can't heal because like our body and our um, chakra system, if there's a blockage, the energy can't flow. So I'm called to go there and act like an acupuncture point and literally release trauma through my body. And it's not my trauma. So it's like ancestral trauma. Or for instance, I had a soul contract, which was, I'm sure given the stuff that you guys talk about, I think I've seen episodes on here talking about the child sex trafficking and all of that stuff. This is actually really, really tied into the slave grids of of the earth and what's going on there. Um, There's a what part of my mission is going to places where there has been like really profound sexual trauma and releasing that um, because it's a soul contract of mine. And I'll go to that place and I will help spirits kind of like pass on that have been trapped into this grid of like matrix of suffering or whatever it is and purifying it. So like bringing source frequency, bringing higher frequency into that point. So then that earth, that part of the world, that part of Gaia can start to raise in frequency, right? So that's essentially what a grid worker does is that we go, sometimes we repair um, intergalactic portals. So like crossings between like um, galactic beings from different places. So different dimensions, so they can access us and bring wisdom and information into the earth that way to help 
the earth's end. So there's various things that grid workers do. Um, mostly it's about repair at the moment. Like there's been a lot of repair work being done on our grid because of people who've siphoned the energy. So for instance, in Atlantis, this is a really good example of like how our grids can be siphoned to cause harm. What happened in Atlantis, and I have memories, a lot of people um, you know, have spoken on similar topics. So for me, I channel in information and then I find information later that confirms what I've channeled, right? And for me, that's a pure way of doing it because I'm like, okay, cool. I know that what I channeled was true because now it's being confirmed by this book or whatever it is. And I haven't felt like I've been influenced. So I actually stumbled across, a, I think it was Matthias Stefano, his series Initiation, that confirmed all of this for me after I channeled it. But I had a memory of being in Atlantis and I was a priestess in this um, like a pyramid. And what we were doing was using our bodies to channel this essentially free energy um, from the earth in this pyramid through our body to then amplify this big, um, I guess it's like a amplification portal of this energy, which was creating the free energy there. So it was powering all of the grids of Atlantis basically, and had this free energy system that was powering the whole of Atlantis, long story short. And what had happened is some of the um, leaders there had become a little bit power hungry. And, and they were like, I'm so ascended and evolved and we have all this information knowledge and therefore everyone has to do it our way. And we need everyone to fall into our system. So they had ascended to a point where I think humanity is reaching that point again, right? Of like the evolution and the mastery and the scientific advancements and all of this stuff. And they had all this wisdom and knowledge, but they began to begin to think of themselves as gods, which is kind of what you were saying with your friends. They let it get to their heads and they thought of themselves as gods. And then they started wanting to fuck with other people's sovereignty, basically, of being like, now you must fall into our system and, and our thing, right? So what they were doing was sending pulses out through the grid of what they desired, like these energetic impulses to influence other people um, in past kind of like the core civilization. There were other towns and, and other parts of the world. And they were sending because of this wisdom that they had on, on like how they can send this energy through the grids of the earth. They started sending out these pulses of energy. And what had happened was some of the grid points, like some of these portal points in the earth had switched off, like they'd gone offline. Um, and so when someone like me, I remember doing this because I was there, sent these big pulse points out, what it did was essentially fried the fucking grid. Like it was like too much energy because it wasn't being evenly distributed and the whole grid fried, which then caused a pole shift, which then caused these massive um, events, like a, what are they called? <laughs> Floods, tsunamis, whatever to happen. Um, and so that was basically the downfall and it came from people and their ego thinking, I need to impose my will and my desire and my, my knowledge on others. Um, and that's what happened there. So it, it can be used and it has been used by systems and, and the people that have been running government and all of that shadow stuff that I don't really want to get into. They have been manipulating the grids in the earth in this way. And so they're finally coming back onto on online and back into alignment with what they were truly meant to be. Yeah. Do you remember where it was? Because I have like three buddies and they all like have great arguments for three different spots. Yeah, and, I don't. Uh, you don't, no. son of a bitch. No. All right. No, son of well, a bitch. No. Maybe or was it like time. a place or a global civilization? Like, did it have a more of a broad definition? 
It was, there was a hub, right? So there was like a central hub. I remember being in the central hub. And then I remember that there were other factions like outside. I don't know if there were tribes or different islands or something like that. That's my understanding of it. But when I remember Atlantis, like I don't remember the story or like where I was or what it looked like. I remember the grief (laughs) and I remember the trauma of like literally when I came back here in this lifetime being like, I don't ever want my power to be abused or manipulated in that way where I hurt people like that's it was like dread and like um i was so ashamed of myself for how my i've been used to fuck people over basically so that that's what i remember i tend to remember my past lifetimes for like the imprint that they had on my soul yeah yeah Yeah, that makes sense totally yeah yeah for people that have a hard time believing this kind of stuff yeah um, you're listening to the wrong podcast (laughs) well yeah exactly i mean but it's it's hard because there's so many levels to this this um these experiences yeah. and and how do we ever i mean look over the years we've i've just sort of given up trying to make people believe anything i mean mm-hmm. like it's you know eventually so many people have these experiences that you got to start believing at some point mm-hmm. but is there something you say to the skeptics at all like yeah i think for me it's understanding that everyone is at where they're at in their journey and that's what makes me not Um, have righteousness or try and convince people that I'm right or um, think that I'm better than people because I recognize or try and convince someone, don't you fucking say, this is what happens, right? When people awaken and they awaken to everything that's going on and the systems and all that stuff, they want to tell everyone about it. And they get really pissed when people don't listen. That was me. I was like, how do you listen to the fucking news to my parents? And I'd get angry and like, you're so asleep, right? And we're almost like trying to shake people into awakening, being like, listen, listen, listen. But actually- we have free will and we have sovereignty as souls and we need to honor and respect that where we're at in our journey is not where someone else is at. So the stuff that I'm saying is not going to (laughs) like a lot of people in this world are going to think this chick is fucking nuts and she is mentally ill and she needs to be put in an institution. And I'm like, bring it on, babe. No, I'm like, that's cool. I understand that that's where your access point is. And that doesn't make you bad or wrong. It just means that we are on different you know, parts, like we're on different paths and we're in different access points. And there'll be someone who is further along than me. And they'll be saying some shit. Like people used to talk about grid work and aliens and all this stuff when I was just starting my initiation. And I was like, that is fucking crazy. (laughs) And like, wow, that's too much. Like, I don't know. Right. And then the aliens started talking to me and I was still like, no, 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 this is not happening. Right. And I had to like fight against it for a while. And some big things had to happen for me to be like, oh shit. Like, I really am channeling aliens and this is really a thing. Um, and then I just started accepting it, but it's like, we need to understand people have their process and we can't force anyone to be further along. And honestly, maybe some of these people, like a lot of people aren't even going to fucking wake up in this lifetime at all. And that's okay. That's where their soul's at. So it's like, stop wasting your energy trying to fucking like change people or make them get on board with your belief. Like we change people through embodying love and embodying light and like can real authentic self right yeah can you be an embodiment of the way of life that you want someone else to take on and not try and force your truth down someone's throat because you think it's the better way um and i think that's like the problem when people have wisdom and knowledge they just want to shove it down people's throats which actually makes that person even more like resistant to their, their truth, their way. And I, I noticed this with my parents, like anytime I tried to force my truth down their throats or you need to heal and evolve and you are so wounded and toxic and blah, 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 right. 
it's a lot of antagonism and like resistance that I'm pushing towards them. And so of course they're going to be like, no, fuck you. Um, no, that's not my truth. I'm not taking on your truth. And they're going to shut down anything that is not their own truth. Cause people have this like defensiveness when it comes to their truth. But when they see you and they're like, wow, Beck's doing really good. And she seems to be really happy and life's going really well for her. And she's radiating with something. And I don't know what it is, but I feel really safe in her presence. And I feel really good about myself when I'm with her. Maybe I'll ask her what she's been doing. All right. And I'll give them a little piece. And I won't say I'm talking to fucking aliens and channeling things when they're not ready for it, because I know that that's not going to help them at that point that they're at, right? So so can we meet the people in our lives where they're at? Can we meet our world where we're at and have compassion for people who are still trapped in these cycles? Um, And can we let go of the anger around what's happening and recognize that it needs to happen so we can all go through this process? Like it's not a mistake that everything that's happened is happening. Um, and we can be locked in. And this was another message that was coming through really like strongly. I feel like a lot of people listening to this, they're fucking pissed off. They're pissed off that the government's doing this. They're pissed off that they were made to get a job. They were pissed off. They were pissed off. They were pissed off at all this stuff. And I remember when I learned about um, the child sex trafficking and all of that stuff, I was debilitated for like weeks, like sobbing and wailing. And I felt the pain of every single child, right? It's not a nice thing being sensitive when that's what you're having to feel. And I've also had lifetimes of being that child. So I'm really tied up into that whole narrative um, because I'm here to help clear some of that trauma for the collective. But I was lost in that grief and that sadness for so fucking long. And we need to be in this rage. We need to be in this sacred rage and this grief and whatever it is to process all of that um, and like let it be seen and felt so we can release it. But the problem is many people don't move past that anger to the next point, which is the rebuilding. So like, cool, this didn't work and it's shitty and we don't like this system. We don't like how things are. What can we do differently? How can I be the way that I want um, the world to be? How can I how can I be the light? How can I be the example? What can we do differently? What what do we desire instead? Instead of focusing on what's not fucking working, what's bad, conspiracy theories, all this stuff, how can we focus on what do we desire to create, right? Because we all get a say, like we all get to have an influence on how the collective shifts. And if we're so locked into replaying the trauma and replaying how fucked over we feel and we're victims and they're the aggressors and this story, we're just giving it energy. Right. And this is what I, I, I really want to say to anyone, um, in regards to like attacks. So I, I (laughs) attract a lot of attacks from spiritual entities and demons and that sort of thing who don't like me doing what I'm doing. And that's cool. Um, and really the thing that I got out of all of these attacks was empowerment because it was recognizing like, I don't need to allow you to be in my field fucking with me. I don't need to allow you to do that. I don't need to give my power away to you or be afraid of you. And literally, if you can laugh them in the face and be like, thank you, I see what you're doing, but no, thank you. I, I choose light and love and I choose God. Then they can't really fuck with you, right? And so I've, I've really like had to deal with some pretty heavy fucking horrible shit. And shifting my perspective on that allowed me to truly love these beings who are attacking me. Because I was like, because you were attacking me, I learned to have some better fucking energetic boundaries and I saw how powerful I truly am. So you really did me a service and thank you. And I love you. And that's kind of like the attitude that we need to have to these systems and governments and whatever it is. Like, thank you for allowing me to disempower myself and be small. And I choose to take my power back. Yeah. I like the way you said that it, it kind of, especially over the last couple of years, it's hard to go back to normal life when you realize everything's a lie. Like how do you go back? How yeah. do you just go back to living your authentic self when 
it seems like the more we learn about everything, we're just living in this huge lie. Yeah. And it's great. Emotional. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking grief. And it's like, that's what the dark night of the soul is, right? That's what a lot of my initiation was, was like, holy shit. Like I have literally been lied to my entire life and literally everything that has been told to me is the inverse of what it actually is. Um, even stuff like we're told that like. <laughs> it's you're, more you're like in- dark comedy, I think. It is. It's, it is dark comedy because it's hilarious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's some stuff is like in our plain sight. Like, so for instance, all these sci-fi movies and all of this stuff, even Disney movies, there's this stuff that's there in plain sight because of free will, they have to tell us this stuff. Right. And it's literally right there. And then we're told it's just a story. It's make believe it's not real. It's your imagination. And all these things that we're told is just, it's not real. It's in your head. Like you're too emotional, whatever. It's literally the inverse of all of that. And so it's like anything that you have been taught, can you then take the opposite? And that's probably the truth because that's what it feels like. It's a whole fucking paradigm shift. Um, So that's not a productive way to help someone going through that. I suppose for me, it's like, okay, can I accept that this is how, you know, how it is? And can I open to the fact that somehow this is serving me on a soul level because I chose to come here and experience this? And can I see the gift in this? And can I see that, well, the amazing thing about all of this paradigm shift and all the things that aren't true that are true means I'm a fucking creator and I am a God and not like a, in a way that like, I'm better than everyone. Cause I'm a God. We're all gods, right? We're all creators. We're all creating everything all the time. And that's a really fucking cool thing to think of. Cause it means like, that means a, you are always in control. Like in some way you have control over everything that's happening to you. B, um, you can choose entire realities when none of this stuff is affecting you guys. I, none of this stuff has affected me. You said, have you been able to travel? I'm like, yeah, I've been able to travel. Not even to get into how or why I've been doing that. But like, there's been, I've never, I hadn't experienced a lockdown once. I haven't experienced any fucking shit through all of this. Everyone was locked down and I was traveling and I was like, what lockdown, right? None of it has affected me. I did get the thing and I was quite sick, but even that I saw that as a gift because I was like, whoa, this is like this experience that I get to um, overcome some fear. And like, you know, cause there was a lot of fear frequency in my body when that thing was present and I was very sick and I was feeling unwell, but I saw it as a gift of like, cool, more transmutation for me. Amazing. And so you can choose to live outside of these realities is what I'm saying. When you focus on your always supported things are always working out for you. Like you can trust your intuition to take you. Like, so for instance, when there's, whenever there's been a lockdown about to happen, I've received an intuitive nudge to go somewhere else where there isn't a lockdown happening. And that's happened like the day before. Right. So I've gone somewhere else. Or like, for instance, the whole world's telling you, you can't travel, you can't get on a plane. And my soul's like, get on the plane, go, let's do this. And then I've gotten to the airport and there's people fucking everywhere and it's not a big deal. And they've, they've said all this shit and it's not true. Right. So it's like, it's amazing when you start tuning into this stuff as a positive potential, because you understand that you have literally like a lie detector internally where you know when someone's fucking lying to you and something in the media is not true and you have all of the fucking knowledge and information right there and you have access to it. That's really cool. It's really cool because it means that not only um, do you get to design this amazing life, but you're guided every step of the way to follow your purpose. And so when you were saying um, it's really cool and interesting that you can tune into these other versions of yourself, this becomes a really cool potential for when you're manifesting something in the future that you desire. So for me, I tune into future potentials of myself um, on other timelines or whatever, who already has a sacred union or who already has the, is talking on stages to mass amounts of people or whatever that is. And I tune into her energy 
and I allow myself to be kind of synced up to her frequency and her energy. And she gives me the steps of what I need to do next. Right. So that's, it's, it's really cool <laughs> when you start looking at it from a different perspective. Um, the world is magical and it's literally like one big, like sci-fi movie or, a, you know, we were creating this magical thing and it gets to be so exciting and juicy and um, imaginative and we're limiting ourselves playing in this matrix, right? So it's like, can you move past that matrix and see how juicy and incredible it gets to be? Because it also gets to be really shitty and painful and debilitating and upsetting, but we're here to experience both, right? Um, yeah. I like it. How, how um, why does the galactic council or the light workers, the masters, why do they let all this negativity stuff happen? Like, why is it, why do they just, and I, and I hate this whole non-intervention excuse <laughs> that's being used for decades yeah. it seems like yeah so what they're the the evil ones are allowed to intervene and the, and the good ones aren't like why why do they allow all this to happen yeah absolutely so, so i want to say the evil ones or like the bad or whatever it is they are very careful in the actions that they're taking so they um for instance like i said they put things out there in movies yeah. and they literally tell us yeah, and yeah, we're consenting yeah. right so for instance yeah. when the i was re in revelation this, of the method and all that too. yeah, yeah, yeah. yep when I was in this container being siphoned and attacked by these galactic beings who were supposedly meant to help me with my ascension. And they were basically fucking me over the whole time. Um, I consented to that. So I literally signed up not knowing what I was getting into, but I had a soul contract to enter that, to receive that initiation, which eventually brought me back to my sovereignty. So we have soul contracts that are kind of like happening all the time that we are unaware of. Um, these beings, firstly, they, they say it to us, to our face. And most of the time we, like oh like or not it's... paying attention or... exactly so that's firstly secondly i know you don't want to hear it but it is also like free will and there is a certain level of ascension or um a point that we must get to in our evolution as a humanity and i have good news coming about this in a second but like before they can intervene and help and they are actually intervening and helping now because we've reached that tipping point it's almost like we're this big fucking experiment and they're like, let all the kids play in this ant farm and let's see what fucking happens. But we're going to intervene at this certain point once they've come to this by ourselves, because they don't want to disempower us as humans to evolve. Like this is like when one of your friends is going through something and you have a tendency to want to save them, right? Like you want to save them, take their pain away, do their healing for them, whatever it is. We have this tendency to want to save people, but actually that person needs to go through that pain, that hardship, that whatever it is um, in order to become who they're meant to be, right? So yeah. we're disempowering people when we're trying to save them. And that's what these beings understand that on, on our soul process and evolutionary processes, humanity we need to come to that point on our own. We need to wake up and say, actually, I'm fucking sovereign and I get to choose my own reality and I don't want to buy into your slave grid bullshit anymore, right? Is that is that very recently? Like, the, is yes. that the yin to the COVID's yang? I mean, yeah. is it is that what COVID helped do is, is bring us to a point where now yeah. we can kind of get more help? Yeah, COVID was... It <laughs> people are going to hate me for saying I don't this, get but too it was deep a, into this because I don't want to get lost in COVID, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a it gift. Was um, yeah. It was a gift because what it did essentially was force a whole lot of people into an awakening. Um, so that's the irony, right? Whatever the agenda was beneath all of this stuff, 
the paradox is that it fucking backfired <laughs> big time, right? Yeah. Because now you've got a critical mass of people. Like there's this thing where a, Buddha, a tribe of Buddhists will go into a um, village or whatever. And there's like, I don't know what the percentage is, so don't quote me, but there's a percentage of people that once they meditate and pray and have this higher frequency, they can affect a huge portion of people around them. And there were studies done around this. I think it was like the seventies or eighties really bad with facts and figures. So don't quote me, but I know that there was a study done and what it did was reduce crime rates and all sorts yeah. of things. Right. So what's happening and what's happening in our earth is like, there has been this critical mass of people that's been reached basically. And so you might look around and be like, everyone around me is fucking asleep, but I'm telling you as someone who has been on this journey for like quite a while now, and I've seen the, like how fast it's ramping up. I'm having conversations with people. I would never have thought would be even like willing or able to accept what I'm saying. People are fucking waking up. They are, right? And it was almost like this critical point um, that we reached has enabled more of their support to come through. And actually, so when you talk about the Galactic Council, we as humanity, and I've heard this from several several, several channelers and not just myself, are going to be offered a seat to be representatives in that council soon. So there will be human representatives on that council of this galactic federation. But until now, humans have been way too unevolved. We've been violent. We've been killing each other. We've been in, you know, we haven't been evolved enough on a spiritual journey to be able to have a seat at that council, which is all about the universe's <laughs> coming into unity and love and all of this, right? It's like, so this is where we're all going as a humanity is unity consciousness. It's um, it's having shared kind of collective memory where we're able to communicate psychically and share information and come into union with each other and all of this stuff, eventually moving past our physical body. Like that's what where we're going with all of this. We're very early on the, in the process, but we have started to reach that turning point because more people are waking up or open to this stuff. Um, so it's a positive thing. And it's that's why we're getting more help because we're at a point where now it's not intervening. Like they can help us, but we've done what we needed to do. Yeah. 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 So how do we, how do, how do people get tuned into their um, concurrent lives and, and bring these talents into the moment without uh, like safely, I guess, or, or yeah. how, how do people go about this? Cause we did warn people off of, of playing around with this stuff at the beginning. So yeah. How, yeah, do we, yeah. how do we, how do we sort of walk that line of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping people and, and, and not letting them just go out and go crazy with it. Not, not that we're letting them, but you know what I mean? Like not in, um, advising them to just go play around with all this stuff. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would find a practitioner who, again, and that's like completely contradicts what I said, because there's a lot of practitioners out there who are um, like trying to control and manipulate people. So I would ask to be brought this is what I always ask, do. Like, like when intention I'm, wise, like, ask. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ask your spirit, ask your soul. Hey, I'm ready to start receiving information about who I was. Bring me the right person or bring me the, the, the threat. So for me, it was like literally this trail of breadcrumbs where everything was that I needed was showing up at the right time. And yeah. this is what happens. Yeah. And, and many people would see this. So it's like, bring me the person who can help me with this. Um, there's also really good past life regression, kind of like YouTube things that you can start doing. I would say number one thing that anyone can really do is meditate and start to clear their internal stuff. Like that's do the work on yourself, r- removing all these limitations because truly past lives are only an access point to what stuff you might have 
that you need to clear basically to become a pure vessel, right? So that's really the only reason we connect to them and to bring gifts on. And there's lots of people who get attached to the story of I was a queen in a past life and it's this fucking ego thing that they attach to or whatever it is and they get lost in that story. And this is what happens to new clients of mine get really obsessed with I need to know what I was in a past life. And for me, my relationship to past lives has always been like um, – <laughs> You only need to know this snippet of this thing and this is why you need to know it and you don't need to know anything else. And when I've asked for more, they've been like, no, it's not important. It doesn't matter. Like when you were saying, where is Atlantis? That's not important to me. I don't need to know where that is, right? Uh, Because it's a story and it doesn't matter. But what does matter is the frequency of that experience that I'm carrying around or the trauma or those gifts or whatever it was, right? So once you are ready to start having these access points, literally all you need to do is ask and say, hey, I would like to know, can you bring me um, the person to help me activate this, or can you show me the resource or the meditation? There's a lot of past life regression therapists who do this through hypnosis as well, which is probably a more safer way um, because it's a hypnosis, like you just visualize and see and have this experience. Um, and that's again, not a super, um, like, I wouldn't say that that's this whole soul journey. Like it's more like I've read of hypnosis sessions where they just talk you through kind of stuff and you can remember stuff, but it's not, this full sensory experience where you're tripping out and um, all of that. But I would say most of the time, if you're having these experiences, um, A, you're ready to handle them and to, to go through it. And B, you'll be brought someone who can help you to go through that. Unless like me, part of your initiation is to go through that because it's going to strengthen you or whatever it is. Um, so I hope that answered the question. I think it yeah, might yeah. No, it, it totally did. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, Darren, you got any questions at all? Well, I think that's sort of, I mean, I agree with the philosophy for sure, because that's sort of my philosophy. Um, I kind of, I didn't mind COVID either. It was all right. Other than the government being out of control, but it's best to just know all that kind of stuff. I like that all the cards are out on the table. You know, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of suspicions. Now we know for sure. And you just got to make the best of it, you know, and have a time and, I think that number was like 3%. I seem to remember like 3% getting thrown around all over the place. This are the meditators? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. I could have that confused with just like something else. So like 3% of the population just has to, but I feel like we got more than 3% that are like. Oh, we definitely, 100%, we have 100%, we have more than 3%. We definitely have more than 3%, like definitely. And like the beautiful thing that happens as well is the more of us, kind of like are embodying this wisdom and this knowledge and this light, like we are impacting people without even fucking realizing it. Like literally you will walk into a supermarket and you smile at someone and you impact them. Right. So I want to talk about the most ascended spiritual master I've ever experienced. And he was a toilet cleaner in Bali. And this man was literally the guy that cleaned toilets. And he was the most beautiful ascended person ever because it's like, literally as soon as I saw this man, I was brought into pure love. Like he would just smile and he was always happy. And it's like, we think that spiritual teachers need to be put on these pedestals and this and that, but actually they're just really good fucking humans and they just have a lot of love. And so it's like, that's for me, that's the core of anything. Can you just be a decent loving human being? Um, And eventually everyone around you will receive that and they'll receive that reflection in whatever way that needs to be. And sometimes it's going to trigger them and that's okay. Um, because it doesn't affect you if you if you hold that love. You're like, okay, that's that person's stuff. And they're going through their process and I love them anyway. Don't need to hang out with them and I don't desire to hang out with them, but I can accept that that's where they're at and goodbye, right? <laughs> I, I got a weird question for you because you yeah. went through this depression and suicidal thoughts and stuff. Yeah. 
Have you heard of uh, Canada's program, the Maid Service? I have not heard of that. No. They have uh, Made medical in Canada, assist- baby. Medical right. assisted assistance in dying. Oh yeah, I've heard of something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's three. Speaking of three percent, three percent of our of our mm. deaths now are uh, through this service. Yeah, uh, people right. taking their own lives. I mean, I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty about that, but do you have any thoughts about yeah. like? I mean, because I think there's spiritual implications that again, yes. our society doesn't want to look at. Right? Yeah. It's just oh, you're you're in you're in pain instead of even if you're now have these. Depressions or stuff like that, or you can just end it early, you know? Yeah. Um, they're making it really easy for people just to end it early instead yeah. of getting help. And I think that's tactical as well, in a way, um, which is a bit sad. Like, so I've experienced debilitating wanting feelings of wanting to kill myself a lot, like even in the past year, right? So I've been pushed to some depths, which is part of what I'm here for, to feel things that most people would not be capable of feeling. Like I know that if someone felt 10% of the stuff that I have to feel and clear, not only for myself, but for humanity, they would kill themselves without a shadow of a doubt. And I've been to that point many times where I have been like, yeah, I, I actually can't. And I've been on the floor screaming and crying and being like, God, mama, whoever is up there, you need to fucking help me because like literally if I have to feel this for another minute, I'm going to check out and I can't do this. Luckily for me, there's something in my heart or in my soul or there's something in me that is so fucking stubborn and refuses. Rebelliousness. It is. It's like, I am not fucking coming back here again. I'm going to do this because I know that if I exit, I have to come back and do this again. I do not want to fucking come back here. So I'm not killing myself. You're not going to win. Right. It's like, fuck you. Do what you tell me. Or I don't know what it is. There's something in me that just refuses to do that. And I just like, even though I constantly play with it in my mind and I'm like, this is horrible and I don't want to be here. I want to go back to where I know it's pure love and everything. I think there's part of me that knows that I refuse to fail. Like I just refuse to fail my mission again. I failed so many times and I refuse to fail. Um, but not everyone has that. Um, from a, I've heard various different things and I don't really know where I sit with this, that um, from a soul perspective, like your soul sees it as a wasted life. Essentially, if you end it, then you don't get to have the lessons that you um, you came here to have. So it's like, it's quite a, a big waste of your time and you're going to have to come back and learn the same stuff anyway. And it's like, it's a waste, right? So it's a sad, but having said that there are certain situations or circumstances, like when you're in debilitating pain or you have an illness or that's recognized more as like, okay, well, you know, fair enough. It's a shitty existence and there's nothing more for you to learn. Um, I personally, this is my personal belief. And if people like, but I want to kill myself, you don't understand. It's like, I do fucking understand because I've grappled with that a lot of like, every single thing that we go through, including these debilitating feelings of wanting to kill ourselves are medicine. And there's a gift in them for us to transmute and to evolve. Right. Um, so personally, I think people should be allowed to do whatever they want to do. And I'm not going to judge anyone who does that. Cause I understand what it's like wanting to kill yourself and not be here. But I also understand that this is a, <laughs> it's, it's a temporary playground and it's going to be over at some point. And you've got stuff to come and do here and you can sit around wanting to kill yourself or you can figure out how to move past that. Like, what can you do to move past that in that moment? Can you reach out for support? Can you get yourself some assistance? Is there anything that you can do? Even going on medication, which I personally, I don't agree with it anymore because I think we need to feel these things to clear them. But if that's going to help you to get stable, to then 
do more meditations or do healing or whatever it is, like get some support, then do that. Whatever you can do to get a step away from that. And then it's another step away from that and another step away from that. Um, so I understand it. It's I'm not sitting here judging people because I understand that desire to want to do that. But from my perspective, it's like there's nothing that we can't overcome. And that's what I love about humans because we're yeah. so um, versatile resilient. and resilient, right? Do you have a specific method for transmutation? Or Yeah, I, I tend to transmute a lot um, through like orgasmic energy. So bringing like kind of pain into pleasure, right? So how can I, and it, it's almost like by feeling it, by going into the depth of it, the pain, whatever that sensation is, if it's an emotional pain or if it's a physical pain. So I do this a lot with ice baths allow myself to, and this is a very feminine way of processing too, because the feminine is all about experiential, go into it fully hundred percent unreserved. Let's feel it, bring it on. Let's fucking feel it all. Let's go there. Cause usually it's actually our fear of the pain that prevents us from going into the pain and the actual pain is not as bad as the fear of the pain. So just let myself fucking feel it and feel it and feel it and go deeper into it and deeper into it and deeper into it. And eventually it starts to shift because it gets released and that, that, Energy is and like emotion is energy in motion, as everyone likes to say, but it's literally like that energy starts to move and it changes. It goes up the frequency scale. So for me, something that would start off as immense pain or grief or guilt or whatever that is starts to move into compassion for myself. Like, oh my God, I am holding myself in this and I, I have compassion for myself. Then it starts to move to acceptance or like love. And then it starts to move into bliss or ecstasy because it's being released, right? And so there's this catharsis that happens. Um, and like physical pain, for instance, when you're in an ice bath, when you start to really focus on the sensation of that pain and let it like fully just like take over your whole body, it becomes quite orgasmic and pleasurable at a certain point. Like there's this line between pleasure and pain where you realize it's on the same spectrum um, of polarity. So it's on the same fucking like pain and pleasure on the same spectrum. And it's just... Um, intense sensation on either way. And so can, if you can allow yourself to be present with all of it, then it flips because you've experienced all there is on that polarity. There's nowhere further for you to go. The problem with this sometimes is that you can get really trapped in that pain and not be able to pull yourself out. Um, for that, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually have any good advice. No, um, I, I have a tendency to sometimes get caught in my emotional storm for a while. Um, but the good news is eventually it will always pass. Like it always passes because we're constantly cycling and evolving. And if there's just no amount of pain that you can't feel and it won't eventually release, like there's only so much of it you can hold. Right. And then it's gone. So that's the, the good news is yeah, eventually like it, it will yeah. pass. Yeah. Mm. This too the, shall uh, pass. Yeah. And I love yeah. the just taking accountability and, and responsibility for your being, you know, it's so, I think that's so important right now. Yeah that we have the ability to, to fix a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Quit whining, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Beck, this so is me. You, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask what you got going on in the future. Uh, any, anything you're doing in the future, any events or. Yeah. Videos or yeah. yeah. I just, um, like, a, like a week and a half ago, I just released my own podcast, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I talk about all of this stuff and I loved, each I episode, loved your episode. I loved your episode on, uh, People have to go listen to uh, your your one on the um, the masculine and feminine. Fantastic. I like that one too. Yeah, that was a, a fire inside of me for that one. I've been called to speak a lot about polarity actually in sacred union and just how we've really fucking got it wrong and men aren't women anymore and women aren't women. So if you want to hear about that, I think it's episode seven, but every one of those episodes is 
a huge activation. So there's people calling me and texting me saying that they're like clearing stuff just from listening to these transmissions. So they're really powerful. That's what I'm really passionate about at the moment, like reaching as many people as I can with the frequency, with the messages. Um, I'm gonna, I've got a retreat coming up in Bali soon, which would be good as well. So yeah, just hit me up on Instagram or check out my website. I think you guys will put the links somewhere. Um, yep. Yep. It's good and- to say them too, because no one looks yes, at the show notes. Okay, cool. So it's Beck Mylonas, B-E-C-M-Y-L-O-N-A-S.com. And I'm Beck Mylonas on Instagram. And through that, you can find my podcast. And yeah. Do you, do you do any group sessions at all? Yeah, I do. I do. That's it. how I was working a lot predominantly. Like I hold containers, so like immersions for months. And I take people to these states and they basically journey through past lives and they clear trauma. And I'm just holding the space for them to journey. So In, per- in person or online? I'm going to do more in person because of the Rona. Like we, we couldn't do a whole lot of that, but uh, yeah, uh, online mainly, but in person is where I'm moving to do that. Yeah. What platform do you use online? Like do you just do Zoom, do Zoom stuff? Zoom. Yeah, yeah, Zoom. And then I have like a Slack channel and people can message me and I just hold the space because the problem is like a lot of people go through this spiritual awakening, but they don't have a container or like a, a safe space, right? So it's like I take people to these really intense fucking places, but I hold them in that space. Um, and it's like, I don't do the work for them. No way. I'm not doing your work for you, but I'm guiding you and I'm helping you to move through it. And I bring like, it's like a, it's protected, right? Cause when you go into these spaces, sometimes it's hard to know, like, are these galactic beings Are these demons? Like what's it, you know, what's coming at me? Is it, am I safe opening up to all this stuff? And that's basically what I do. I help people to have a safe space to journey and yeah, it's very fulfilling. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for, I don't know, I guess it's early there. So I guess it's just the middle of the day. So thanks for taking some time out of your day for us. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, Enjoy the summer down under. (laughs) I will. It's nice here. It's very sunny. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Beck. See ya. See ya. And that was a chat with... Back Marlonis, what do you think, well, buddy? I don't know. I mean, that f- flew by. To be honest, it did with go you. By I don't fast. know how that. I don't know how an hour and more went by. That was super quick. Wow, I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's she's when they can just go without yeah. like you asking any questions. Uh, yeah, I find I that just, it always goes by quicker because you got things you want to say and you know, you're like waiting for them, and then yes, exactly. That's probably what it is. I mean, honestly, I I feel like she did a really really good job on this show. I mean. I've listened to some of her other podcasts. They were good, but I really feel like she was um, she was letting it flow here. Yeah, it was a great chat. Big thanks to Beck for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks for your support. I keep hammering this home. I mean, it's more important than ever in 2023 that you support the show. If you find it valuable, head over to grammerica.ca slash support today and sign up for a monthly. How valuable you decide. You punch in a number, make it a monthly, make it a one-time, do what you got to just do something. Please support the show. You can head to check out our other podcasts over at GreatAmericaOutlaw.ca. It's a little more, a little more racy raunchy, than this one. Raunchy, raunchy, raunchy. I don't know what raunchy. Maybe racy. Maybe neither of those things. A little more controversial for sure. Definitely not raunchy. Let's not call it raunchy. And uh, let's not call it racy. I mean. <laughs> America.ca for everything we do from trips to tours to audiobooks to audiobooks to you name it, chats, discords, I guess. The discord still thing. 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really, I try not to go in there very much, but yeah, it's still open. It's still active. All that shit. America.ca. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. I hear my soulmates whistling like a tea kettle, playing that seductive game, running through the meadow. Amongst the flower petals, amongst the flower petals, she likes to swing on the swing set, singing 90s hit songs, the 90s hit songs. How do you unfold your music? Have you got a computer synced up to an auto tuner? psychedelic in the summer man it was a bummer when the leaves turn black when the leaves turn black when the leaves turn black I tried to reach you but my limbs were broken but my limbs were broken how do you unfold your music have you got a up to an auto-tuner Like a light at the end of a tunnel I hear my soulmates whistling like a tea kettle Playing that seductive game Running through the meadow Amongst the flower petals Amongst the flower petals she likes to swing on the swing set, singing 90s hit songs, n-n-n-n-90s hit songs. How do you unfold your music? Have you got a computer synced up to an auto-tuner? Oh, Up to end.